Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. We are happy to welcome Anu Bhatnagar, who is joining us from India. Anu is a catalyst of self-love and meditative living, living every day in perfect balance of spiritually and business successes. We are so happy to have you join us today. Welcome, Anu. Thank you so much for having me. And I say it truly from the bottom of my heart because Sharon is somebody I love, respect, and admire. So I'm so happy that you guys thought that I should be here. Thank you, Anu. We are so excited to talk with you. So you describe yourself as a catalyst of self-love and meditative living. What does that mean to you? Sometimes you reach that level of awareness and you look at yourself and you're like, okay, like I'm good. Generally, we have spent half of our life by that time. What if it was taught as a subject in schools with maths and English and whatnot and other things? I was not taught this. This is something which is alien, especially in Eastern cultures. Like focusing on self is not even like seen as a good thing. I have seen my parents, my family always take care of others because that's like a virtue. But you don't have to kill yourself in that process and you don't have to deny yourself all that basic care or acceptance or love. Self-love is seen as a selfish thing and more so for women because some women have this thing ingrained in them that they have to give others needs priority and it sounds big but everybody is doing even you are doing it 100 times a day without knowing i just want to bring that awareness in front of girls and women and men and boys also for that matter and once they cross that mirror they have seen it then they cannot delete it it's is there and once it's there you start thinking about it that oh yeah When was the last time I took care of my breakfast, just the way I'm taking care of breakfast of everybody? That's the person I want to be. Just bring that awareness in your radar somewhere so you don't forget it next time. So very recently, you gave a presentation about health equity for gender equity at the World Economic Forum Conference in India. Wow. And love it if you would tell us what in your own life made you such a passionate advocate for gender equity. I'm a single woman. I've seen how the faces of healthcare practitioners change, especially in traditional societies when they see single women. And one of my very great friends, she leads one of India's biggest menopause campaign. What she says is that women are celebrated 
when they've reached the phase of motherhood, when they're pregnant, when they are having babies. But before that and after that, a woman's life is considered more or less a little redundant, sort of, you know, you are out of your, oh, you can't have babies. So your purpose is almost done in the world. Nobody says it, but you could always feel it. It's very subtle. So the purpose of woman is just to be healthy so she can have babies. Is that how we are raising half of the world's population? Or she has to be beautiful for her boyfriend or for her husband? I mean, these are the things which we hear and which we see and which are assumed. Is that it? Is that the purpose of a woman to always be of purpose to a man or be a purpose of procreation? Or is she something of her own? Is she not a God's creation just by being herself? So these are the kind of questions I've always asked, but I just got intensified once I started working in healthcare, which started about 15 years ago. I was fortunate enough to be part of a team which led uh, UA, which is United Arab Emirates, which I call my country uh, homeland of destination, just like India is my homeland by birth. And I really got a chance to understand how not having a basic healthcare affects women, how not having a basic thing like a packet of sanitary napkins affects a girl who's 11 years old, how that one thing can actually become a factor where she has to drop out of schools, how that goes into the entire cycle of she then not being aware, not getting an education, not being able to have a profession or a career of financial independence. And in loads of developing countries, how that leads for her to get married early. And because she is married early, to have babies early, while her body is not really ready for it. And then the entire circle continues, so on and so forth. Even today, it still happens. And it happens to literally almost 60% of the world that there are girls and women who cannot afford that basic one hygienic packet. These kind of things started to really make me, first of all, get angry, then get frustrated, then really start to see that how systematically these problems exist for a large population of the world and how not having access to basic healthcare when you're pregnant, when a woman is pregnant, or when she is not able to have a safe pregnancy, how these things are really affecting her and how it creates a chain of unfortunate incidents around her entire life. I got introduced to a concept of universal healthcare. This is all like my self-education. I really didn't go and did some formal, fancy gender studies program or so not. I wish I could, but this is really hands-on experiences of reading, of seeing, of trying to get into the bottom of the thing. It's a huge problem. It's a huge gap. It's not only about not having money. Sometimes it's about not having access. You may have money, but you may not have that facility where you can spend that money and get that help there. Also, I'll tell you two facts which might shock you. One, the entire general medical sciences are built on the fact that they are men and then women are nothing but smaller men with ovaries. Till about 1931, no medical trials were done on women ever. Women were excluded from them for various reasons. One of them was because of 
menstruation, their hormonal levels fluctuate. And out of fear that it might just give them some extra side effects, which we don't know. So we don't want to go because they're not, that's not like a safe sample size, so to say, to safeguard them. But that safety didn't serve the woman well. My cholesterol, it's a very common problem, or diabetes. The trials are done on men. The medicines are developed for men. But these diseases show up in women in different ways. For example, cardiovascular diseases. It's a very common myth that women don't get heart attack. And I'm sure you have heard it. But that's not true. And it's a proven fact. And you can read studies that once women start hitting 40s, and as they go into the perimenopause, which is a phase before actual menopause happens, or even during when they're pregnant. But the reality is that the way women heart attack symptoms show up are very different to the way a man is having a heart attack and his symptoms. And medical science is only trained to detect the symptoms faced by men. So if a woman goes with a complaint of a, some heart, sort of like a anxiety or whatever it is, they're dismissed and said, oh, it's in your head or maybe it's just like lose weight. You know, that's one advice everybody gives women whenever she walks into a healthcare center across the globe, lose weight. It's all in your head. But it's not in the head. Women are not crazy. And weight is okay, fine. But, but when a man walks in with the same problem, they are given a proper diagnostic. So that's a huge gap. Do you want to live the rest of your life being dismissed by healthcare systems? It is not a fault of doctors or nurses or whatsoever. It's the way it is whole. So the health equity, even I say, is a foundation of gender equity because gender equity is not only about health equity. It's about loads of things. Health is like one thing you cannot avoid. Right from the day you're born, you have to take care of your health. So that's why it's such a topic of passion for me and I can talk hours. So I'll stop. Yes. Many people have a great fear of speaking out, of using their voice. And I wonder how you became confident enough to speak at conferences and to use your voice about things you care about. I start speaking when I was scared. We all have this fear that I'm not the perfect speaker. I, nobody is a perfect speaker. I'm not new to living with fear as in fear or insecurities. But I just feel, what's the worst thing that would happen? How do you do that risk analysis and say, what is the worst thing that will happen? And just go and do it. And you can always go back. Like I can tell you, Sharon, please delete this sentence because I've said it wrong. Okay, maybe I cannot do it in a conference, but I can always apologize and say, okay, I said something which is incorrect. But they said like, fake it till you make it. And I actually started to do that. I was very young and I was not good at all in speaking in English specifically because my basic education was done in Hindi, which is one of the languages in India. And I went to a school where I was not taught English so much. So I used to just go and speak English um, when needed. My heart was like beating so fast because I know that I'm so scared and maybe I'm I don't have a perfect grammar and I don't know how to pronounce these fancy words. And slowly that fear went away. Just fake it till you make it and practice. Practice, practice, practice. And then you become okay with saying those things. And also I feel that 
when your desire to say what you want to say becomes strong enough, you will eventually go and say. You will not be scared of that fear anymore. That desire will become your motivation. Thank you for your passion for this because it's something that's needed globally. And one thing that I constantly hear with the women that we've been able to talk with is that it's so much easier to advocate for others and for other missions, but it's sometimes hard to advocate for ourselves. So I want to ask you, how have you learned to advocate for yourself? That's actually a very good question. Everybody who has spent time with me, they'll be like, oh, she's so kind and she will take care of your lunch and breakfast and dinner. But have I sort of uh, taken care of myself the way I will take care of you? I mean, the answer was a big no till a couple of years ago because I was very, very hard on myself. I was super critical. I had 101 issues about how I look. I always thought I have to kill myself to get into five inches here because I feel that, oh, I'm slightly shorter than what I should have been. This was something in my head. I don't know. I have really been very super critical of myself and I have really, really not taken care of myself. This is something I'm not proud of. So I'm not advocating. Now what I'm advocating is that this starts with the moment you start to become aware. When you are being kind to others, include yourself in that list. It's it's something I learned the hard way after many years. My aim is actually to start talking to loads of young girls and to all the women. Once we become aware, we cannot delete that awareness, you know. It stays with us. And then slowly and slowly, that small seed becomes a proper plant and tree and then you start to use self-love self-care self-acceptance as a part of your life i'm very grateful i learned at the moment i love and i'm very grateful i had people around me who took care of me when i was not taking care of myself my Mm -hmm. friends family so that's i guess how it works maybe it works for women that they don't take care of themselves they take care of others and the others take care of you and so it works Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) how can we all encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power start with self-acceptance for me that has been the key the whole world is going to tell you why you're not good enough why you're not thin enough tall enough beautiful enough why your color or color of your hair is not whatsoever it's supposed to be or from a to z there are thousand things which we are judged for we 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 sort of give in to the pressures peer pressure media pressure we want to look like celebrities and it happens to everyone but self acceptance journaling find time to meditate Give yourself time. I would say if every girl have 15 minutes, a pen and a paper or a mirror, and just give that time to yourself, give yourself a chance to know yourself, who you are real, away from what the whole world is telling you. So I'm a daughter, sister. I have many roles in my life, but beyond that, who am I? And that's one question We could ask uh, very young also, but we are not trained to ask these questions. I wish uh, this was taught in schools, really. 
I want uh, the young girl especially, I want every parent, I want teachers to start, let this question sit. Who are you? What is the kind of a thing which really drives you? You don't have to wait for one big thing, one big day when I will use my power. We have at least one opportunity every day to say what you want to say. Don't save your best candles for some special day. Just use them today and have your dinner, even if it's a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Anu, for sharing parts of your story, for your vulnerability, for just helping us just even understand your own healing journey. And again, as always, we want to thank our listeners who who make the time to listen uh, to this episode of the Power of Stories podcast. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking to you, Sharon, and Yoda. It is such a gift that you are here with us and that you've shared so much with us, Anu. And I am loving your advice to us all to use our power every day, to remember that we are powerful. (laughs) And even if we're afraid to speak out and to stand on our power. Thank you so very much for being here. And Yodit, I thank you always for everything that we get to do together. I feel so honored. And we send out thanks also to Lisa DeJavine, who is the co-producer and editor of the Power of Stories podcast. Anu, is there anything that you would like to say as we sign off? If even one woman listens to this and say, okay, today I'm going to just stop and look at myself in the mirror and, you know, say, yeah, wow, I'm good. I think you're good. Let's start with that. Let's start with self-acceptance, being as normal as brushing your teeth. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino. And Yodit Kifle-Smith. Signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.